full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern here on a Thursday afternoon as we get set for Thursday night football. You can check me out, si.com slash fantasy. Got my week nine sneaky starts article up. So you can check that out. Stockwatch article also there as well. And if you have any questions regarding tonight's game, you can head on over to the message boards, fulltimefantasy.com. Sean Childs will join me at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. Uh, he's also with Full Time Fantasy, one of the top high stakes players around. So We'll talk to him about all the latest news across the NFL. Uh, but we kick it off looking at tonight's game. And one of the key factors that we're looking at here is the running back position for San Francisco because they are in a really good spot here to run the football. They have been dominating teams. They've been controlling the game. Their offensive line has been great, even with the injuries. Their defense has been phenomenal. They're second in points per game allowed with 11 Total yards per game, they've only allowed 224.4 passing yards allowed per game. Think of this, 128.7. That's insane. They're averaging 2.3 takeaways per game and 3.9 sacks. So when the defense is playing to that level and you're running the football with ease, it's been pretty easy for this offense. And it, they've just fed the running backs. I mean, we've seen a lot of weeks where they're running the ball 35 to 40 times per game. Now, if you feel that's the script that's going to play out tonight, you want to be invested in that 49ers backfield. Uh, Arizona's 3-4-1, but their offense has just not been what people expected. You know, everyone said they're going to run a high-paced offense, run a lot of plays. We have not seen it lately. And believe it or not, Arizona's 3-1 and one in their last four games. But in those four games, Kyler Murray has only three touchdowns. Now, he hasn't thrown an interception, so that's key. But this 49ers team is playing at an extremely high level. And I really thought that at some point they would slip up, that they would have a bad game. And they just haven't. I mean, last week against the Panthers, I remember we talked about it leading up to the game. And I wanted to take the Panthers, but I didn't see an avenue where they were going to have success. I just didn't see it. With Kyle Allen, a quarterback, I didn't expect them to get pummeled and for the 49ers to put up 51 points. But they are just playing at an insanely high level right now. So Tevin Coleman, we all know, four touchdowns last week. And he only had 13 touches, but they had a big lead. They didn't need to feed him the football that much. So he's really the only completely healthy back, and he's going to be in your lineup this week. Then we have to figure out the rest of this backfield. I mean, it's always been Matt Breida when he's been healthy. He had 13 touches last week in the first half. So it's not like... Brita has been completely surpassed by Tevin Coleman. Coleman is the lead back. He's getting a lot of touches near the goal line, leading to touchdowns. But Matt Brita has been heavily involved in the mix. And the way I've looked at this backfield the last few weeks is you can play both of them. Now, the issue with Matt Brita is he has this ankle injury. And the report came out just a little while ago that Matt Brita will be active for tonight's game. That he felt good this morning and he's going to play. But with Matt Breida, it's not a surprise. This guy is tough as hell. You know how many injuries last year he had? And we're sitting there like, oh, this guy's done. And he would come back or he would play the next week. So that's been one of the knocks on him. 
is he just tends to get banged up a lot. But at the same time, he has managed a way to play through it and exude a lot of toughness in the process. But the it's going to be difficult trying to figure out what to do with him tonight because I have him in a lot of leagues, and I'm trying to figure out myself. I know there's one league where I have to play him. My running backs are just awful. Uh, lost carry on Johnson, so I have to play him. But in other leagues, there's more of a decision, and I'm unsure of what I'm going to do right now. I kind of want to see what the pregame reports are. Like, if I know he's fine and he's not limited, I'll play him because then I know I can get anywhere from 10 to 14 touches, and he could catch several passes, and we've seen some big playability from him this year, so maybe one big play can make his day. I know we didn't really see you know great numbers from him against Carolina. He was 11 for 35, but we don't really see him used at the goal line much anymore in the red zone. So that definitely hurts him a little bit. And I haven't seen any word yet on Raheem Mostert, who is third anyway on the depth chart. We did see him last week with the game in hand, and he produced. And Jeff Wilson is dealing with a stinger. So there's a lot of questions surrounding this running game right now. And the thing is, you want a piece of it. It is clearly one of the best run games. It's a great scheme under Kyle Shanahan. And you know that there's production to be had because they just don't ask Jimmy Garoppolo to do a lot. He hasn't had to. So uh, the only thing is the Cardinals do allow a lot of plays to their opponent. So if that's the case, maybe this is the time we finally see something from Garoppolo. But he's averaging 27 pass attempts per game. He just hasn't had to do anything. And I think it's going to change once the schedule gets more difficult. I don't think it's going to be a spot tonight. Again, he's still more of a low QB2. I just don't feel how you could, even in a great matchup against the Cardinals, is, you know, what is he going to do? You know, you're, you're hoping for 250 and two touchdowns. So that's just a middle-of-the-road QB2. Uh, but the run game is definitely where you want to be, and we'll just have to wait and see if uh, Breida plays. Because I think everyone thought earlier in the week, everyone looked at this and said, yeah, Matt Breida's out. But we have become known that Matt Breida is tough as hell, and this guy is going to try and play. As far as the wide receivers, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, we saw last week get that touchdown, and I don't see too many pass attempts. I doubt Patrick Peterson shadows him. Uh, we see Sanders in the slot a lot. We haven't really seen Peterson go to the slot much. So Sanders is okay, you know, more of a wide receiver four for me this week. And there's really no one else I'm playing on the 49ers at the receiver. I mean, yeah, Debo Samuel so, showed some explosiveness last week. One of the touchdowns came on a carry, but there's just not enough volume here. Uh, George Kittle, obviously, is a must-play. He'll be popular in the showdown slate. We know how great the Arizona, how bad the Arizona has been against tight ends this year. And Kittle, Kittle's a guy, I don't know if you can. I would absolutely trade for him if you could. Maybe the Kittle owner's disappointed because he hasn't found the end zone, but it's going to get better for Kittle head. Eventually, he's going to find the end zone. He's had three touchdowns called back due to penalties this year, and this team is going to be in games that are more competitive, and they're going to throw a little bit more, and that's going to help Kittle. So, uh, obviously, he's in a great spot tonight. And on the Cardinal side, the only guy I really like is Christian Kirk. Uh, he's going to see a ton of targets in this offense, but it's hard to rely on anyone for the Cardinals. Lots more ahead. When we continue, we'll go through some of the latest news, injury news, and what it means for your fantasy team. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis. And I'm joined now by Fantasy Taz. You can find him at ffchamps.com. He's going to join me for the rest of the hour. Taz, what's going on? Hey, Adam. How you doing? A lot, a lot of good things going on. we got a crazy game tonight. Don't know which side to take. Really? You think Arizona has a shot to win this game? I do. I, I, yeah, I know. It's a division rivalry and all that. And, you know, San Francisco's been playing lights out. But... You know, they haven't really faced anybody. I don't know. It just seems to me like it's such a setup game against San Fran. 
Well, um, that would be interesting. Look, I want to see San Francisco get tested. I'm actually amazed that they have been just steamrolling opponents. And you did say it. They really haven't been tested yet. But it's hard to knock them when everyone that has come their way, they're just pummeling them. It's not like they're yeah. winning these tight games with a field goal late. They're just absolutely crushing everyone right now. And I agree. I think at some point there is going to be that bad week, and I see the competition gets a little bit tougher in the weeks ahead. I'm not sure, though, if this is the game. I'm just worried that they're looking past this game at that tough competition ahead. You know, I kind of thought that over the last few weeks, and they just come out and they're hungry every week. Because I, I feel this team believes they are not getting proper credit. They're undefeated, but we don't really talk about it much. I think everyone's putting the Saints, the Packers, as real Super Bowl contenders. I don't. I think the 49ers feel like they're not getting the respect yet, and that's why they've been hungry and they've been dominating going out there every week. And I, I'm far from San Francisco, so I don't know what the coverage is there. I get that sense. They feel like, you know what? People still don't believe in us, and they're coming out every week and proving every single play that they're legit. No, definitely are. They're, they're playing great football and doing exactly what they want. But I got to ask you a question. Let's say San Francisco goes on to have a great season, 12-4, and four, goes on and, and wins the Super Bowl. Do you think next year every team is now going out and trying to find a head coach that wants to play great defense and run the ball a ton as opposed to all these newfangled offenses? <laughs> uh, probably not, but we know it, it is a copycat league for sure because that's really what they're doing. I mean, their numbers defensively, like I just read it in the previous segment, they're sick. I mean, I, they're just mauling teams. But again, they really haven't faced the upper tier teams. So I'm interested to see. But that's get not tested. their fault either. It's not. And and that's that's you the play thing the too. Teams you like, play. Right. And they put fifty one on Carolina. Not that Carolina is great, right. but fifty one. No, I mean, one. come yep. on. I think that the key was an here incredible for today, game. It really was, man. I mean they just were just pummeled them and from start to finish and uh, they've been doing it, and Nick Bosa's stepping up now. God, I, that was probably the best Fab pickup I made this year. We were talking in the first hour about, I think, tell me if you agree, I think Fab's been terrible this year. There's been no great pickups. Well, the, the only ones I could think of are maybe Chark and McLaurin the first week. Uh, well, maybe they didn't get drafted in some leagues. So so they've been huge. But outside of that, I can't really – you're right. You know, nobody who's just been so freaking amazing uh, that, you know, was huge in, in Fab. Maybe – you know, the other one might be Mark Andrews. Yeah, he was – no, okay. So we, this is – we always have to clarify because I know sometimes we're in our bubble, and you know this. When we play in industry leagues, the high stakes, we're in very deep leagues. Mark Andrews was drafted like in every league I'm in. And McLaurin and Chark, I will give you in maybe the leagues where people are like 10, 12 teams, 16 roster spots, maybe they were available. In the high-stakes leagues, they were pretty much drafted across leagues. But we do have to be open here to and realize that there are a ton of leagues. So, yes. But in generally in the deep leagues, like I was going over a league with 12 teams, 20 roster spots, and I went through all the fat pickups, and I go, there's nothing here that you go, wow, yeah. this is – like last year we had Philip Lindsay week one. I, we really don't have anything like that this year. We, yeah, really, uh, really haven't. I mean, even with Austin Eckler, I mean, we had we had knowledge pre before that he was going to be the guy until Gordon stepped up, so he was drafted. Um, really hasn't been, especially at running back, anybody that's really stepped up and and 
you know, to a point where they weren't drafted anyway. Which means that we're going to get a wave of that right before our playoff run? Is that what's going to happen? We're going to have another year of Damian Williams, Justin Jackson, maybe? Ooh, uh, well, it's always possible. Heck, you can never say never in this game. Every time you think something is so predetermined to go one way, it never goes that way. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the key is the running back position. That's usually where you, know, you can get a league winner, and it kind of happens every year. So if you do have a lot of fab left, you're hoping that it occurs in the next few weeks. Obviously, in the high-stakes leagues, the waiver wire closes week 13. So we're running out of time. It's week nine. So we got four weeks left of the waiver wire run in the high-stakes leagues. Uh, and uh, we really haven't seen uh, that key running back emerge yet. So we'll see if it happens. Now, for tonight, the running back position. Matt Breed is going to play. Raheem Mostert's going to play. So... I'm trying to figure out what to do with Brita because pretty much he's a guy that I play almost every week because uh, I know he's going to get 10 to 13 touches. And he's a guy that is just tough and plays through injuries. But I, I, I don't know how serious this ankle injury is. Does your opinion change on him because of this injury? Are you worried? Or do you say, hey, they're saying he's good to go. He felt good this morning. Same workload as usual for him. I think it's going to be same workload as usual for him. Look, we, you talked about it, and I, I heard you talking about it before it came on the air, is that he is tough. He, he's a guy who gets injured, but he's always on the field. He's always playing. Uh, he, he goes out there and he plays well, even when injured. So I'm not really worried about him. I think he's, he and uh, Coleman are still good, viable plays. Coleman, of course, the stronger of the two, but Breida is still a good viable play. I think it's Mostert that maybe takes the biggest hit here and not really somebody I would trust for fantasy. Yeah, I think certainly his role only is good if they're in a blowout, and you never want to rely on that. You just can't. As good as it does look on paper, you just can't rely on Mostert coming in for the fourth quarter like he did last week. So I actually did pick him up in a league or two and Jeff Wilson in a couple leagues where I'm desperate just in case they sat out, and now I can't use them. So I'll have to go in a different direction. Uh, Delaney Walker's not practicing again. Jono Smith was good last week. Do you think Smith will be a tight end one every week as long as Delaney Walker is out? No, I, I don't. Look, he's he's still you know learning. I mean, it's hard to say that about somebody who's been in the league for a couple of years, but he just never really got enough playing time. Delaney Walker, I think, is going to miss multiple weeks here. I, I'm sorry, I just do. Given his age and the fact that this is just a recurring injury, doesn't really make me feel good that he's going to be back anytime soon. So Smith is definitely going to be the number one on a team that likes to use the tight end uh, often. But there's so many mouths to feed there. You have to think it's going to be hard for him to be a consistent uh, tight end each and every week, especially against tougher matchups. It looks like Deshaun Jackson could return this week. He practiced again. You know, this offense for Philly has been a major disappointment. Carson Wentz has been held to 200 passing yards or fewer in three of the last four games. Is he the missing link that gets this offense going? How much have they missed him? Oh, they miss him a lot. They, you know, that's one thing about this offense. It's designed to have that speed player go over the top. And, you know, since he left the last time, they've been looking for that guy. It just never found him. They thought they found him. They brought him back. And then, of course, he gets injured again, as he is wont to do. Um, you know, at this point, he could be. It really depends on how much of him is left. 
is he good to go 100% good? Or if he's only 80% good, well, how much does that really help? And that's my concern. But if he's fully ready to go, then, yeah, I do think he helps this offense. Went has no problem going down the field to him, and he likes to look to him. And just because of those deep shots, it does open up a lot of the rest of the field. Well, let's go to Eli from New York City. He's got a question. Eli, what's up? Hey, guys. So I'm in a 12-team PPR league, and uh, I just got offered a trade. I'm doing pretty well. I'm, hello? Yeah, what's the trade? Yeah, we're here. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, So I got offered a trade. I'm doing pretty well so far, so I don't need it. But I have Mark Andrews as my starting t- tight end. I got offered OBJ. Um, I got offered Brandon Cooks and Damian Williams. And he wanted and he wanted Galladay and Henry in return. Hunter Henry? Uh, Hunter Henry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we can talk about this when we come back, but I don't know if you're aware, Brandon Cooks has a concussion. He could miss uh, an extended period of time, so uh, he might be trying to pull something on the air. But we can discuss it a little bit further because we're running out of time. So when we return, we'll talk about this trade. We'll get Taz's opinion. Full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis and Fantasy Taz here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday afternoon. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you're playing tonight's NFL game and you bet the 49ers minus 10, if they beat the Cardinals by 12 points, you'll receive 12 times your stake. That's pointsbet.com grid. Enter promo code grid and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Uh, I do have a I do bet on the NBA quite often, Jim. So had a couple sweats last night. It's not always fun. It's fun when you win, but it can be stressful. <laughs> I had to, well, I had, you know, it, as my grandma used to say all the time, you know, it, if it was easy, they'd call it winning, not gambling. That's true. So like I had the under Clippers Jazz two fourteen and a half, and uh, was sweating out the late moments, and I had the. Suns Warriors over 229, and it went to 231. And that's with Steph Curry leaving early with a broken hand. So worked out. So that was good. Uh, we had a caller before with that a trade. That was like all Japanese to me. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't have. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> NBA's fun, man. You got to get into it. The NFL is going to end soon, bro. You, you need some time. I mean, I guess the NFL is 365 now with the NFL draft and the combine. So I get it. But uh, I like. Hey, if. if, if. If I wasn't a Knicks fan, I'd probably be more into basketball. <laughs> yeah, the Knicks are pretty bad, man. It's another bad season, which is uh, common. So we had a call. We had a call before asking about a trade. It was Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, and for some reason, can't get the third guy. But either way, for Kenny Galladay and Hunter Henry, and my thing was as soon as I hear Brandon Cooks, like I don't want. I hate trading for injured players. It's it's such a risk because we could have been doing this in week three or week four. Oh, I could get A.J. Green in the deal. And where is A.J. Green? He's still not playing. So a lot of times these injuries, there's optimism, and it doesn't pan out. And I'd be very worried about Brandon Cooks right now. Second concussion this year. He had one in the 2018 Super Bowl. They're sending him to a specialist. Beckham has been disappointing. I'll let Taz go. I know where he's going to go with Beckham, so I'll let him address that because he's right. And – I understand you have Mark Andrews and you have Hunter Henry, so you want to trade one, but this is not the right deal. And Galladay's a stud. Here's the thing. If you drafted Matthew Stafford this year or picked him up off waivers, you are getting a gift because this team 
is passing the ball well. And I think with the lack of options at running back, they're going to shift more to the passing game. I think that's why Danny Amendola has had two good weeks in a row. No coincidence, Kerryon Johnson's gone down. And Galladay's a stud. I know he had that one bad game where Marvin Jones had the four touchdowns. I just think that I would, if, you, if your intent here is, hey, I got to move one of my tight ends, no problem with that. Find a different deal. I don't want to acquire Brandon Cooks right now. I'm with you. And even OBJ is, is tough to you know want to acquire with the bad start he's had. The only good side, the upside to that is he's got such a great schedule going forward. I mean, the Cleveland offense has the number two easiest schedule from here on out, only behind the Jets. So I, I love that. But the fact that they just haven't done anything yet, he hasn't been on the same page with Baker Mayfield at all this season scares me. Galladay, like you said, has been crushing it. Stafford has been crushing it. And now with the loss of on Johnson, I agree with you. They're going to throw more. And that's what they're using Amendola as. They're using Amendola basically as a short running game. Uh, because let's face it, none of their running backs are, are earth-shattering, earth-moving, going to do anything. There's going to be a, such a committee that none of them are going to have any fantasy value. And they can't be trusted and either in even in the NFL at this point. So I think they're going to be throwing an awful lot. We're going to go back to the days of Stafford throwing the ball 40, 45 times in a game. And we all know he's always been a stud in fantasy when he throws the ball that often. Do you think he'll throw that much? Because I kind of thought that, and I had written about him in the stock watch, and I looked at the numbers, and I think it was like, he's, only, he's been in the 32-35 pass attempt range. It's just that he's taking so many shots downfield, and the yards per attempt is high. Because, again, I kind of had that feeling – but I don't, I don't know if it's going to get to that level, but does it need to anyway? Because we've seen the numbers he's put up the last few weeks. Yeah, but the schedule does get harder. Uh, he's got some tougher games coming up, up, and I think in those games, he's going to have to throw more to keep them in the game. And that's where I'm looking at those numbers increasing. I, I agree with it. He's been in the mid-30s so far most of the season. Uh, but I do think with the schedule getting harder, I think he's going to end up having to throw more to keep them in the game. I don't think many people outside of people who examine these stats like us realize like how good he's been. I mean, he's been a top seven, top eight fantasy quarterback this year and uh, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions in seven games. And this was a guy no one wanted in drafts. They really did. No, yeah, absolutely. Well, how, how could you? Because all the team kept saying is we're going to run the ball all the time. We're going to run the ball and we're going to give carry on so much work and everything's going to funnel through him. And, you know, it just didn't work. It didn't work from week one. It didn't work that, you know, they could funnel it through carry on Johnson. You know, and that's what got me crazy about everybody trying to jump on Ty Johnson last week. I kept saying, look, Carrion Johnson wasn't doing great in the running game with this offense as it was, and he's so much better than Ty Johnson. Why does everybody all of a sudden think Ty Johnson's just going to jump in there and come away as a fantasy god? It, it just didn't really ring true to me, and obviously that's how it worked out, at least for one week. I think that's going to be the way it stays for the rest of the year. I don't think any one of these guys really takes a step forward as the number one there, so uh, I'm going to stick with that. But, you know, Stafford has been – Playing well, like you said, 16 touchdowns through through eight weeks. You'll take that any day. And seven in the last two weeks, uh, one of them against the, the Vikings. Of course, the second one was against the Giants. But, 
it is what it is against the Giants. But to do, you know, to throw for 364 yards and four touchdowns against the Vikings, you know, that that's a great game. And that was a game where we saw him have to throw the ball 45 times. And that's what I'm talking about against that stiff competition, which he has quite a bit of down the stretch. He's got the Bears uh, at the Bears. He's got the Cowboys. He's got the Bears again. He's got the Vikings. And then he's got the Broncos on the schedule going forward. Those are games where the defenses are good. So he's going to have to step up. Yeah, certainly those that have Stafford and key elements in that passing game want to see it. You know, last week, you know, you talked about the running game where everyone expected Ty Johnson to be the guy. He did play the most snaps, but it was Trey Carson who had 12 touches, Ty Johnson 8, McKissick 4, Paul Perkins 3, 23 snaps for Ty Johnson, 19 for Trey Carson. If you're desperate and you had to play one of these guys this week, who would it be? Uh, I'll let you know when I get to the bottom of the cliff. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's not good. You, ideally, you want to avoid this situation. <laughs> you know what was really fun, though? The first few minutes of that game, Twitter was a fire. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, everybody was talking about Ty Johnson. Everybody was talking about Ty Johnson. Nobody was talking about Carson. And, of course, Carson comes out, and he's the starter. He gets the first series. And Twitter is just going out of its mind, like, what the heck's going on here? Where's Ty Johnson? And I'm just sitting there. I was kind of giggling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> saying, I'm glad I didn't invest in him. <laughs> oh, I did in two spots. One, I was forced to. And look, I knew that there was major risk, but my running backs were Carryon Johnson and Matt Breida, and my other three were all backups, like Gus Edwards and you know oh. guys like that. So I was like, look. I, I'm you not got sure. to take the chance right. on a starter. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and I, I spent the money and I look, I said, look, I know this could backfire, but if I don't do anything now, I can't sit here and wait three weeks because I got nothing. So I have to yeah. take the <laughs> shot that it works out. It didn't. The other one I put in like a, it's actually my best online team. The one I drafted in Vegas and I put in like a, a, a tepid bid. I'm like, ah, oh, 221. I think I had like, you know, I had some money left. I think I had like 700 bucks. And again, we're running out. So I said, all right, I'll put in 221. I probably won't get him. And I got him. And I was like, oh. And I started him over Christian Kirk. So, oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't worry. He's on my bench this week, Ty Johnson. So I'll just <laughs> keep him in that spot. Keep it warm there. Uh, and watch. He'll, watch. He'll probably have a big He will. He'll probably go two touchdowns. <laughs> he will. Watch. I'm ta- you know it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing with Arizona's running back situation tonight? Kenyon Drake just acquired. Uh, David Johnson out. Chase Edmonds is out. You know, people, there's been a lot of Drake fans and not the not only the music, which I don't like Drake, the musician, <laughs> but uh, the running back. And we know that this is a, a offense that's suited for pass catching running backs. And that's one of the skills of Drake. But he just got there and they really didn't have any practice. Is it desperation for Drake tonight? Or do you say, you know what, maybe he's an RB3. Maybe he's fine because who else do they have? I'll let you know when I get to the bottom of the cliff. Um, <laughs> That's a lot well, of yeah, digging you're doing on this bottom of the cliff there. I am, I am. Uh, would, would, if this was my running back situation, I would be at the bottom of that cliff. Um, I, I'm not a big believer in Drake. Never have been. He, look, he can catch passes. We know that. But four days in of working with a new team, especially a team with a, an offense as complex as they have, uh, or at least as they're trying to get to be. Uh, it doesn't really fill me with a lot of glee. Plus, there's a lot of talk now that David Johnson may play. So we get that whole, you know, does he start? Does he actually play more than two snaps? You know, we just don't know. And then when you add in the fact that they're playing San Francisco, I say no. <laughs> I say no, I'm staying away. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, there's a report here. Josh Gordon is going to be released off the IR today. <laughs> Are you? Uh, is there any optimism that Gordon lands in a good spot and does something? Because he was rather mediocre for the Patriots. He was worse than mediocre. Uh, look, if he, if he couldn't make it work with the Patriots after they took the chance on him, I don't like his options anywhere else. Like you said, he did not look great to start the year. He looked old. He looked beat up. Uh, he wasn't running smoothly. I, I just don't know what he has left in him. Maybe it's just time has finally caught up to him. Uh, I don't know. So I'm going to stay away from him. <laughs> I don't. Somebody might take the shot on him, but in fantasy, it won't be me. I drafted him in one league just in case, and I cut him, and I'm not really worried about it. By the way, James Conner did not practice again today. We know Benny Snell is out two to three weeks, so uh, Jalen Samuels potentially could be a really good start this week. When we return, we'll be joined by Sean Childs, FullTimeFantasy.com. That is ahead right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh! 
And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis along with Taz. You can find them at ffchamps.com. Um, we are here until 4 p.m. Eastern. So, James Conner, another did not practice today. Always tough to kind of figure this out on a Thursday. You know, obviously Friday's a key day, but what's your gut? You think he's going to play or is he out? I think he's going to end up playing. He's another kid who's shown he's pretty strong and pretty ready to go and he's also shown in the past that he can play even on limited practice time so i think ultimately i think he goes but at the same time i did go out and try and grab Jalen samuels everywhere I could. <laughs> yeah definitely i i saw why well, last week i think it was thursday or friday i was stunned i'm like going through news and it says oh Jalen samuels practiced in full i'm like what i thought he was out like four weeks so as soon as i saw that in any league where he was available on the first come first serve i went to get him so I'm actually hoping that Connor does. Connor sit. sits. Yeah, I don't. I I I only have Connor in a best ball, uh, no redraft leagues, and I have Samuel. I think in two or three. So not that I wish injury on anyone. I would never be that type of guy. But uh, certainly would never, like never. No, nah, not. Nah. I, I respect the players, man. I always. I'm a players guy. Get get as much money as you can, man. I have no problem with these guys holding out for money, especially in the NFL. Well, as long as they're realistic about it and not being Melvin Gordon. Yeah, okay, so wait, wait, wait. What did Melvin Gordon do that was wrong? Now, if you want to say he was in, he had no leverage, sure. But, like, I can't blame Melvin Gordon for wanting to get paid. It didn't work out, you know? No, no, I, I get that too. But, you know, the fact that he, they gave him what I consider to be a decent offer and he turned it Oh, down. no, you're right about that. You're and right. did all the that craziness. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, they gave him a good offer, and he turned that down and then did all this other silliness. To me, that's the problem. All right, we are joined now by Sean Childs, FullTimeFantasy.com. Sean, what's up? You're here with uh, me, as usual, and Taz is with us today. What's going on, Sean? I'm not much. I'm just, uh, you know, winding down week nine. We're, we're past the halfway point of the season, it seems like. Yeah, definitely, and it's crunch time making that playoff run. And we were just talking about Melvin Gordon, and that's one of the situations fantasy owners are kind of feeling a little queasy about right now with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. We saw Eckler get off to the really good start without Gordon. We've seen the touches go down a little bit, but whenever he's gotten involved in the passing game, he's been really good. So how do you think this plays out the rest of the way with Melvin Gordon and Eckler? Are they both good starts? Are you worried because Eckler's not getting enough touches? How do you look at this Chargers backfield? So both of them have struggled, you know, really, really bad over the last month, you know, running the ball. I mean, I know people can keep pining for Eckler to get more carries, but he hasn't he hasn't done better than Gordon on early downs either. I know Gordon's, you know, struggled to get to the second level of the defense, but Eckler's, you know, they featured him in, you know, like three or four games ago, he had those fifteen catches, but we're all for short yards against the 
uh, one of those opponents. And, you know, we looked at it better, um, you know, two weeks ago. But it's just, uh, you know, the change of offensive coordinator, you know, might help, but they need to, you know, their offensive line needs to play better. And, you know, Philip Rivers rolled up it off to their running backs. And, you know, they were averaging, you know, 32 points a game, I think, their running backs at that position before Gordon came back. And uh, you would think that, you know, it should rebound at some point. But, you know, at, for now, I mean, they both look like they're, you know, 10, 12-point players until they can score more touchdowns. Hey, Sean, Jim Day here. I, I got to ask you, looking at your projections for the week, one of the things stood out a little bit to me is Josh Allen at number five in your quarterback uh, projections. Give, give us a little insight into what you expect from Josh Allen this week and why you have him so high. Uh, you know, Allen's a guy that's played the last couple of games at home. Uh, he's, you know, two weeks ago against Miami, they uh, surprisingly Buffalo's defense couldn't get um, – you know, uh, Miami off the field, and, you know, the time of possession went the wrong way, and Allen was probably on a pace for a 30-point game. And last week, you know, Philly just got up and ran the ball and kind of controlled him on it. But, you know, Washington was pretty bad against the win. Um, you know, the win was also a factor last week. So, Allen's just getting out. He's kind of been just really, really steady this week. And they really, a lot of the quarterbacks matchup on Sunday aren't, aren't that great, um, you know, for at least the, the main board for, like, the draft games or something like that. So, you know, Allen's, you know, probably has a floor of, like, 20 to 25 in most games, and he hasn't run as much as in the past, that, you know, he did last year. But, you know, I, I think he could be a little more explosive in that area in this game. And, uh, you know, just where Washington shows a little more risk, I think he might sneak in that extra touchdown, you know, and score on the ground where, you know, he hasn't scored a rushing TV, TV in three weeks. So, you know, chance at a 30-point game. And, you know, this is the week most people will probably fade him in the daily games. Speaking of running, people usually just pencil in Lamar Jackson into their starting lineup every week. This week, though, tough matchup going against that Patriots defense. Is this a case where you could see benching Lamar Jackson this week for someone else since the matchup is that difficult? Or is he a guy that you feel is matchup proof at this point? Yeah, when he runs the ball so much, you know, it's it's, it's the, in this type of game, you could see him just getting, you know, the, that 15 rushes and get his yards and maybe get a rushing touchdown. We saw last week that Chubb broke a few runs. And, you know, New England still has to prove himself against a better offense, and this game is in Baltimore. So he sneaks in one pass in TD, which New England hasn't allowed a pass in TD all year. So, you know, it might be a lot to ask, but you, you would think at some point somebody is actually going to score against them. So I just think his floor in, the, in the, the rushing game gives him a chance at 20 points. And, you know, you don't want to be too cute sometimes. And, you know, you put in some other quarterback and he gets like, you know, 200 yards and one touchdown, you kind of overmanage it. You know, you know, Jackson's been good. His value's in the run game. And, and, and he will be a little bit better throwing the ball. Sean, I got to ask you, one guy that everybody's been asking me about all week long is what to do with Mark Walton. Now he's, you know, the the true number one there in Miami, uh, of course, with, with uh, Drake Gunn. What What's your thoughts here on, on Walton? Do you think he becomes a fantasy factor going forward, or are we looking at basically more of what Drake did? Yeah, it's, it's it's not too exciting for me. You know, Miami's offense isn't that great. They don't score a lot of touchdowns. I know he was on the field like 80% of the time, eight, you know, over 80% of the time last week, and he's probably had about 15 touches in the game last two weeks. They're not going to score a lot of rushing, rushing touchdowns. Balazs might steal a goal line carry, and I'm not convinced that Gaskins isn't, isn't a better player than him, even if he was, you know, inactive last week. So he'll get a, he'll get a trial at it. He doesn't have a great resume, um, but, you know, you're going to be excited about a guy with his upside of maybe 12 points, and if he gets lucky and 
scores a touchdown once every three or four weeks. Uh, you know, just not much there in Miami for me. I know they're playing the Jets, but Jets only allow 3.3 yards per rush this season, and they do give up some rushing touchdowns. So I think this isn't a great spot, and I wouldn't get all excited like I got from the, you know, the fountain of running back in Miami. But uh, you know, because they will still split somewhere. But you know, he might surprise, and but you know, I'm not running to the waiver wire to add him to my roster. We're joined by Sean Childs. You can find him fulltimefantasy.com. Brandon Allen takes over at quarterback this week for the Broncos going up against the Browns. How does this affect the way you look at the few skill position players that we use in fantasy on Denver? Yeah, it's, it hurts the passing game a lot. You, you know, you you know, Cleveland really needs a win. It's probably a good thing for them. You know, Denver would like to run the ball, and they have run it well at times. Uh, their offensive line was really, really bad a couple of games ago against Kansas City, which is, you know, disaster game so you can't get too excited there lack of resume rookie quarterback it's just what you know the browns need to get motivated and they would like to run the ball and control the clock so i, I would think that um i wouldn't you know other than sutton maybe uh, you know 10 12 points you know probably a tough chance at a touchdown unless he breaks you know you know a tackle for a long catch or something i wouldn't get too excited about anybody you know even fans showed a little better direction last week but you know i can't i can't say that uh you know like this type of quarterback is actually going to get the ball to him either. Okay, one more for you, Sean. i got to ask you, Robbie Anderson for the Jets. Um, you know, after all this talk of them trying to trade him and, of course, not trading him uh, now going forward, what, what's your take on Robbie Anderson, not only this week, but for the rest of the season? Do you think he puts all that stuff behind him and just goes out and plays football and does it well? <clears throat> or do you think you are you worried about him going forward? Well, I mean, he, he did break that play, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, had, had a nice game, you know, twenty-six point fantasy game, and he, you know, he showed what he, he he's capable of doing. But you know, against the Patriots, they, you know, it was a tough matchup against Gilmore, and, and Darnold was, you know, very inaccurate. But in Darnold's two games, his completion rate's been around seventy percent, even though he hasn't made big plays. So, I would think that against Miami, you know, no one of their top cornerbacks is out in this type of matchup that the Jets should move the ball better and. and Robbie, Robbie Anderson should progress. I mean, he's basically, you know, other than the quarterback problem for, for uh, New York, he was probably a guy that you thought was like a 60,000 guy with, you know, five to seven touchdowns and some, some explosiveness. So this is a game that he can probably move back in the right direction, you know, maybe four for 70, five for 80, and maybe hit on a touchdown. And, you know, I, I feel comfortable starting in my lineup, and I think a lot of people with bye weeks are going to probably end up having him in the starting lineup this week. What do you make of this Kansas City backfield right now? We saw it look like it was tilting towards LaShawn McCoy. He had a fumble. Damian Williams comes in. He scored a touchdown. Like, What do you do? Do you just avoid it for now and see how it plays out? Or you think maybe they start going to Damian Williams more uh, in the weeks ahead? I think they're going to use Williams when they get in close, like, you know, inside the 20-yard line, and he can catch some passes. It's good. None, of them, none of those guys have identified themselves as the top pass catcher, which makes them, you know, you know none of them really kind of – you know, able to trust from week to week in the season-long game. So it's really, uh, you know, a week-to-week thing. And, and McCoy, one, you know, averaging over five yards per rush, backup quarterback, you know, they're going to make a lot of plays. You know, when Mahomes in the, gets back in there, somebody will probably emerge and, you know, start to shine. But, you know, Damian Williams for the whole year hasn't been great as far as, you know, production per play. But, you know, he does look like he has that flash if he can get into open space. So, it's one of those things where you kind of have to sit on a couple of guys and hopefully that the Chiefs offense, you know, kind of rebounds to where they were last year, you know, maybe in the, you know, the championship weeks of the, you know, season-long playoffs. 
Okay, Sean, a lot of people, a lot of people out there right now worried about Zach Ertz. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, Goddard's been out playing in the last few weeks. You think this is a trend that continues, or was it just game script dependent on those couple of games and it'll go right itself as we go a little further here? What's your thoughts on Zach Ertz and Goddard going forward? Um, with Jackson being out, I think that Philly had to move to Goddard get more playing time. He's been on the field, you know, like about 60% of the time the last few games, and he's kind of like the secondary tight end guy, and he's been able to make the scoring play. But, you know, Ertz, Ertz has been, you know, really, really frustrating. He's had some chances, you know, to, you know, get more targets, and you'd think that, that he would based on, you know, 116 catches last year. But he, he can't get open like he did in the past. And, you know, when, you know, when he has to move, he, he's been inaccurate and can't make big plays all year. So, you know, the, the Eagles' offense, you know, as far as moving the ball in the passing game has been a lot more frustrating than people probably thought coming into the year. Even when started off, like, on a pace for, like, 35 touchdowns, but he kind of tapered back and had short yards and a lot of his game. So Philly needs to throw the ball more, and this game isn't great, but I think Ertz eventually will, you know, be a little more active. And But, you know, if Deshaun Jackson returns to the field, I think, you know, Goddard steps back a little bit in chances. And, you know, Ertz, you know, maybe gets a little more freedom in the middle of the field. But, you know, you just take what you can get out of Ertz. And, you know, Goddard's actually viable if Jackson doesn't play because he might, score, you know, get three to, you know, three to five catches and maybe sneak in a touchdown, you know, every couple of weeks. Is Corey Davis someone we should just give up on? Everyone was on him last week and he flopped. What do you make of Corey Davis? I, I don't, you know, last week it was just, uh, it was kind of strange that they scored those two touchdowns on, you know, 16 yards drives, you know, complete, um, you know, you know, they only gained 60 yards to score two touchdowns so that Tennessee didn't need to move the ball. They only had one drive in the game. So, uh, you know, he's kind of frustrating. Um, he was a top 36 wide receiver last year. He's still sitting around the fifties. He's still capable of big game. And I, I think they will be a little better throwing the ball with Tannehill at quarterback. So I, you know, I wouldn't start him every week, but I, I still want to hang on to him. All right, that is Sean Childs. You can find all his work, week nine projections up at fulltimefantasy.com. Sean, thanks a lot for the time, and good luck this weekend. All right, you too. Thanks. All right, when we return, we wrap it up. We got an announcement to make. If you missed the first hour, you don't know. We'll let you know what it is next. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least. 
as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis along with Fantasy Taz. And we mentioned it at the end of the first hour. If you didn't listen, today is my last day with full-time fantasy. I've been here for three years. It's been a good run. I had a lot of fun. I will be remaining in the fantasy sports industry. Announcement to come tomorrow. You can follow me on Twitter for that, at Adam Ronis. But I know... Taz, we didn't work together a long time, but we've known each other a long time, and uh, it was, I always enjoyed having you on. You know you were probably the one guy that was on here when you became aboard uh, at least once a week, every week, and we co-hosted shows together, too. Oh, Adam, you know, it's been a blast working with you. And like you said, we've known each other forever. We've met in person. And, you know, a lot of times you can't say that about people from this industry online. You know them online. So it's always been great working with you. I love doing the show with you. I'll be missing you here. And, you know, the one thing I do want to say is good luck going forward with whatever you do. You know I'll still be listening to you on Sirius. Yeah, I'll still be on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I will remain there. And, uh it's it was good you know i had so much fun you know going out to vegas for the fantasy football world championships was a lot of fun you know i didn't get to do that uh because of other commitments before and getting to work here i got to go out there and that was one of the most fun events uh it was really well done uh just a ton of fun if you haven't been out to vegas and you know i like the contest as well and met a lot of great people by working here a lot of good friends and it's always tough to move on you know anyone that and I love what I do. Anyone who follows me knows that. This, I'm passionate about it. Sometimes people are like, oh, you scream. No, I'm passionate, man. I love this. I am so blessed and I'm thankful every day that I wake up that I get to do this as my career because there's so many people that want to do fantasy sports. And 
you know, I put in a lot of hard work and people are like, oh, it's fantasy. Jim knows this because Taz is a hard worker, too. I always respect anyone who works hard. That's where you earn my respect. If you don't work hard, we don't see eye to eye because I'm someone that puts in all the work. So I just want to thank everyone that has contributed and helped me be a part of this for the last three years. And again, I will remain in the industry. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis and Taz. Thank you for contributing. It was fun to work with you. We'll still be in touch. And again, thank you everyone for the support. It was great. I'll see you soon.